welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? My friend, let me tell you something. <laughs> All right. Many years ago, uh, I was coaching at 22 years of age, and some fan made a comment to people I knew who were behind me and said, like, oh, that guy reminds me of Bobby Knight. And I thought, maybe I was 23, but I think I was in my first year. And I thought, ooh, that's not good. And I actually liked Bobby Knight, but I also knew he was a jackass. I, did, I, I was only 22. I didn't really appreciate his full jackassery at that point. <laughs> uh, years later, I'm happy to say that a very well-known local basketball fan came to one of my games. And I, didn't, I wasn't friendly with him then. Remarked to my dad, not realizing it was my dad, that dude's the next Rick Pitino, which Howard Garfield once referred to me as. Very, very nice thing to say. Well, I'm 58 today. Happy I'm birthday. not Bobby Knight or Rick Pitino, <laughs> although I, I think I coached a lot more like Rick than Bobby after that fucking comment. Um, it is very hot and humid in Florida. I'm wearing a fucking tank top on Coach my birthday. Coach got a tank top on. And I'm celebrating. Yeah, I apologize for anyone that ends up watching <laughs> even five seconds of this. My wife luckily doesn't listen or watch. She might see it on Twitter. That'd be the one thing. <laughs> If I have to do the dishes for a week and give our dishwasher a break, you'll know why. <laughs> but because I'm banned from wearing, except for I'm working out. This is this is good stuff. So off air before we start the show, and everyone wish Coach a happy birthday on Twitter. Be nice. Um, I was like, oh, Coach wearing a tank top today. It is his birthday. And at first, the guy said, I was like, oh, Chrissy, not going to be happy with that. Yeah. It's so. <laughs> I mean, it's it is so hot and humid here. I got the, the AC. It's not hot enough to get the AC to kick on. Mm. So, because it's like 71 in my office, but it right. feels like it's 80 because it's so <laughs> thick. And so it's really, yeah, we can't wait to get, we're going to try to get some cool weather very soon, as you know. Yep, we're looking yep. forward to that because it is just not fun here. But there's there's some basketball to talk about that that's going to lead us, uh, I think, galloping into the break and excited to return. Yeah, yeah. It, it is all-star break this week. And of course, as always, folks, thank you so much for uh, listening and subscribing to True Hoop. Please continue to do that. Download, rate, subscribe. Give us five stars on on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find podcasts. We appreciate you guys so much. Yes, All-Star break is coming. Today is the last day of NBA regular season action until next Thursday. So, woohoo! nice little break for the guys. It's not quite the halfway mark. It's really the two-thirds mark, yeah. right? And yeah. these guys are, I mean, you can see it. A lot of them yeah. are dragging yeah. ass yeah. out there. They're yeah. like, I need to not play basketball right now. But I wanted to start with something about coaching, which is, of course, near and dear to David's heart. Sacramento Kings, of course, are a surprise story this year. They are the number one offense in the NBA, uh, an adjusted an, uh, adjusted offensive rating according to Dunks and Threes. They play with the number one pace in the league. They're fun. They're exciting. DeMontis Sabonis is an all-star. De'Aaron Fox is an all-star. Um, Kevin Herter is one of the best shooters from three. Um, you know, uh, Keegan Murray is, is, is excellent. They, they've got guys and they've got talent. And Mike Brown is the head coach. Mike Brown, formerly assistant coach with the Warriors, um, used to be head coach to Cleveland Cavaliers on two stints. And, and the Lakers. And the Lakers. Um, you know, so he, he's had his, his, his time around the league as a head coach. Known as a defense-first guy, um, he now has the league's number one offense. And it, it strikes me as something because as a coach myself, how do you get better? Well, I go and I spend time around the other great coaches in the sport that you coach. I know David did the same when he was a young coach. And now younger coaches do that with him. And yes, it's about learning like practice tactics and X's and O's. But everyone steals from everybody. And you can find that stuff on the internet. You don't need to go talk to someone to find that. But what you do learn, though, is that you didn't already know. This is a people business. 
and you learn and you get guidance about how to deal with people, the emotional side of things, how to read your team. And Mike Brown has really evolved uh, as a coach and changed some philosophies, right? And, you know, one of the things that I know David loves about his favorite coaches in the league is that, you know, they are pragmatists, right? They're not dogged in, well, this is how I do things. And, right. oh, maybe that doesn't work. I don't give a shit. If it's right. going to work, it's going to work. Maybe we don't have practice today. Maybe we go play some fun game in the park because that'll make the guys feel better. Whatever it is to get your the job done. And Mike Brown's doing a wonderful job of that so far this season. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this before, but um, I have a former player on his staff. Uh, Luke Laux was a very good high school player locally. He was kind of slow, but 6'5 point guard could could really pass, really, like really gifted passer. And was getting basically no Division I looks. I called um, uh, Leonard Hamilton back then, head coach of Florida State, mm-hmm. and his staff, and said, you guys get all these athletes, but no one can pass the ball to them. This kid's the best passer in the country, one of the best. They flew, they flew down. They offered him the day they came to see him play. And uh, he was their starting point guard when they won the first ever ACC tournament, played four years, won a million games. And then he played professionally, which is when I trained him. Mm-hmm. I just saw him then. My guy, Ryan Pannone, that you know, mm-hmm. trained him in high school. Oh. And then I had Luke when he became a pro overseas. And then he retired early and went to Sacramento. And I think he actually also worked in Nigeria with Mike as the head coach for the Nigerian national team. And uh, he had told he did not tell me this. And I don't really communicate with my guys as much as I can help it. During this season, they, right. I'm in the media. They need to mm-hmm. know that their locker room is a, is a sanctified mm-hmm. place and they don't need to be hearing, hoping that I won't ever say what they tell me. So I just remove that problem from them. Um, but I know before the season and what he said to some mutual friends of ours, like he loves this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and Luke is a very, sm- very sharp young man who's going to be a great coach himself one day. Uh, really, really liked Mike. And I think it's pretty cool that he was hired for his defense, mm-hmm. and yet they're the best offense. That means he he's grown himself as a coach. Mm-hmm. To, you you can't just roll out the ball, Gerard. Right. Yes. You just can't. Like I know Fox is super talented, but he's never played like this before. Sabonis is very talented. He's never played like this before, and he's been an all star. He's better now. Mm-hmm. He's I think real chance to be third team All NBA, and uh, and so yeah, it's great to see. And, I, and there's something else too. Long ago. Uh, the Florida Gator football team, before I even went to school there, they, they had back-to-back games against Auburn and Georgia. And if you follow college football, you know those Great are games. giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are NFL players all over the field when you're playing those two teams. And you played them in back-to-back weeks. And then in 1990, Steve Spurrier was hired. And one thing he said was, you know, the Gators have never had an undefeated season. They've never won even an SEC except for a couple uh, probation years where they were on probation so they couldn't officially win it. And he said, everyone complains it's too hard to beat Auburn and Georgia back-to-back. And he gave us this really cogent argument about, no, it's, it's fine. Like, we can, we can do that. Uh, and they did a lot. They won a lot. In fact, he used a joke about we play Georgia every year in a neutral site in our state. We don't play it in Macon, Georgia. We play in Jacksonville, Florida, in a stadium they call the Gator Bowl, which still exists today. They still have the Gator Bowl. Like, what excuse do we have? And it totally transformed that mindset transformed it. I think Mike referenced, you You put an article in our document. He kind of referenced that. Why, why can't it be this year? Like, why can't we do something special? Uh, so now I have a question for you. 
Mm-hmm. I think the coach of the year should be J.B. Bickerstaff mm-hmm. because of what he's done on both sides of the mm-hmm. court. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Brown's is his his ring's going to be next. His his champ trophy is going to be next year. Mm-hmm. Get to be a top ten, top twelve defense with that roster. That might be a challenge. But if he does it, he definitely deserves coach of the year. However, I understand people arguing that I'm wrong that he should be coach of the year. What say you? So I, I think that I think they're one two. I think look, I agree. I, I think Brown's going to get it because every award is a narrative story, right? And the Kings not making the playoffs for 16 straight years, yeah. and then they make it. Or we haven't done it yet, but right. all things being equal, I mean, they're they, gonna they're gonna make it. They do that. That's going to be the story. It's like a, they, no one. They've had a million coaches in 16 years, and no one can get them to the playoffs. Then Mike Brown comes and they go to the playoffs, and that's that's the story. <laughs> they they have not made the playoffs. Okay, the last um, when they made the playoffs last, their starting two guard was my kid Kevin Martin. Correct. In his in his uh, second season, mm-hmm. I Kevin I, on my birthday. Kevin's wife texted me first thing this morning. Happy birthday, coach. Whatever. Her husband's been retired for five years now, I think. Mm-hmm. I forget when he retired, but I want to say it's been about five years. So, um, and that was in his third year, and he played 12 seasons. That's a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, let, and let's see how things go. If, if Sacramento is a, a legit three seed right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to end up. Phoenix yeah, could pass knows? them. Right. Uh, the Clippers could pass them. Yeah. They just had a bad loss, I thought, last night. So, um, He'd be my second choice, but I'd have no problems if he if he won. Yeah, no, it, I think it's it, it, it's just interesting. Like I really coaching it, matters, Gerard. Co- uh, well, as as you say all the time, it does. And you know, you talk about this because you obviously train and coach players uh, in the off season, and you you text them and help them during mm-hmm. the season. It's not just uh, yes, they make millions of dollars, and but you say this all the time. You ask players, "Hey, has your coach come and talked to you about X Y Z?" Nope. You get so many no's, right? And one of the things you always say, as a coach, we are first in this business to inspire. And not a whole lot of inspiring happening in the NBA, right? I think I, Mike has done some inspiring in Sacramento. For sure he has. He His his bench decorum has always been good, I thought. I really, he's very professional. I spoke to an NBA player the other day who had been traded this season. And I asked him to compare not just the team he was on to the team he's gone to. He went from one underachieving team, but not terrible team to a, a, a well-achieving team, a good team. And he said, um, but he's been on other teams too, two other teams in his career. He said, uh, I've never felt more valued. I said, well, they traded for you. He said, yeah, I know that, but I had a team pay me. I, I, I had a team draft me. I had a team pay me. And I never felt valued like this team. He said that I've never seen better camaraderie. And then the biggest thing by far, and if I if I if I said who this was, it'd be a kind of a scandal. No, I, 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 yeah, I you could probably idea, guess yeah, who it yeah, is. Yeah. But um, he said uh, the preparation we do here is just so much more than the previous stops I've been. He's played for multiple coaches. Um, that bothered me, and and does always bother me when I talk to these guys, and they just aren't getting as much coaching as they used to prior to a game. And so for Sacramento to do what they're doing, which in a sense is almost um lifting what Rick Adelman did in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. The last time they went to the playoffs, yeah. Rick was their head coach. That was the last year he coached. They fired him. They've never been in the playoffs since. His He only coached offense, which sounds like maybe Mike is doing. <laughs> but, um, boy, it was an exquisite offense to watch, oh, yeah. as the Kings offense is now. Mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I still go back when I send, when I send uh, clips out to players about moving without the ball, uh, sharpness of cuts, mm-hmm. setting their man up for a cut, being patient as a passer. 
I'll grab Rick Adelman clips. So the other day I was on the 2014-15 Minnesota Timberwolves team whose starting five was fantastic. Even though Rubio couldn't score, they just had a terrible bench. But they were like the second best starting five plus minus in the league. Uh, Kevin was the two. Corey Brewer was the three. Pekovic mostly was the mm-hmm. five, and Kevin Love was the four. Mm-hmm. That was Adelman's amazing offense. That was a really good team. And uh, Mike's done yeah. a hell of a job doing something similar, uh, using Sabonis in the elbow. Yeah. Um, I, the thing that you said there, David, that player told you, I've never felt more valued. Yeah. Like, that was his word. Yeah. Like, people yeah. doing it. Like, when someone says they feel valued, that means you're touching them yeah. inside. Yeah. Yes, someone matter paid to me. Them. You matter yes, to them. Yes, someone drafted me. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah. like I matter. You don't As matter. Right. That's that's a human thing. You connected to them on a human level beyond basketball. And the better coaches and teams in the league, Jock Vaughn does a lot of this in Brooklyn, and we'll talk about them later. Look, you all like you like to say this kid doesn't matter. They're pros is what they get paid for. Listen, think about yourself and your job and where you work. Where have you performed the best? I bet it were for bosses and managers that touched and connected with you on a human level. I'm going to bet that almost 100% of the time. I have a question. Did uh, did Mike Brown play in the NBA? He did not. I didn't think he did either. So, And neither did JB. Of course, his, JB's dad yeah, was the head coach. Yes. That is not the case with Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, I've been championing this move away from only former players can really be mm-hmm. great coaches. Um, these are two men that didn't. And one was one is from NBA royalty in a sense and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Bernie Bickerstaff's son, but uh, not in Mike Brown's case. This is right. hard work and getting better. I mean, Mike Brown went to the finals in 07, I think, with LeBron mm-hmm. and uh, has had his run with the Warriors. And I mean, the Kings have, you know, you could argue they just got lucky hiring him because they've had so many other bad ones. But I think they've made a lot of good choices. They didn't trade Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. Uh, preseason, they could have. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's been a very good player for them. Uh, getting this, the Halliburton Sabonis deal is a big deal mm-hmm. because Halliburton was never going to be this player. Right. He's not. He's not an All Star if he stays in Sacramento, in my opinion. Correct. And maybe neither is Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you remember that? Remember the play we just saw with Luca and Kyrie yep. when neither wanted to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be a whole season with those two guys <laughs> if if they really wanted to buy in or the opposite. Right. But like I'm getting mine, you get yours when you have the ball. Uh, it worked out great, and for both teams, as it turned out, which is nice to see. But that's good coaching yeah. too. No, w- w- without question. So kudos uh, to Mike Brown. Yeah. Um. So sticking with um, sort of the Mike Brown connection and lineage, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Um, they lost another game recently. Um, to the LA Clippers, and Steve Kerr and Draymond talked uh, after the game about defense, and I thought. So many things they said were were, were so interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I want to start with with Kerr. Um, I'm oh, sorry, with, with Draymond. Our defense isn't very good. Kind of been the story all year. You got to do something to fix it. It has to come from within. Defense is all about a will, a want to defend. Defense isn't fun. You have to want to do it if you, if you want to win. We haven't. It's not just going to come. Do I think we're capable of doing it? Yes. But I don't think it's coming. You can't. You can go get it, but it's not just coming. And I thought that was so interesting because that's what we talk about with defense a lot. And David, of course, you say that, you know, when you say basketball jazz, which is, of course, the name of your book, it's not just jazz offensively. It's jazz correct. on the defensive side that's of the correct. ball as well. Coaching and tactics matter. Of course, they're, they're critical. That's how, you, that's how you win. But it must start with a want to, right? You have to want to do it. And if you don't want to do it and you don't have the disposition to, right, like the disposition to dominate, 
You're, it's not you. It's not just going to show up magically because we're the Warriors or this is this or this is that. Guys have to commit to wanting to do it. And it seems that in Golden State, that's a little bit of a challenge for them right now. Gerard, you have unearthed what is amounted to be my single favorite set of uh, uh, quotes um, that I've read this year. I mean, I mean it, Gerard. Which I am copying this later today and sending it to all my players and those who have parents that I connect with because I don't talk to all their parents, all their parents and all their agents. Because Draymond is exactly right. It's none of this is coming. You have to go get it. And that's where the you see a big divide, a big break mm-hmm. between guys that make it often, not always, because sometimes the systems just are so screwed up, you just can't get out of the way no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, the players who just find a way to make it happen defensively, offensively, improving their bodies, getting healthier, stronger, faster, quicker, more skilled, whatever. You have to do that. You have to. Do, I, I had a player that I helped that had a surgery recently, and I talked to Henry Abbott yesterday. And Henry had mentioned an injury that Kevin Durant once had mm-hmm. and some things that, you know, Henry's a G, an expert at this now because of Dr. Elliot. So <laughs> Marcus has taught him a lot in this book that he's doing. And uh, I'm going to put the agent. I've already done it. They've already talked. I put the agent in touch with, of the, for the player with Henry to make sure you do those extra exercises that you can do to help recover from the surgery the right way. It doesn't just come. You're not just going to magically get better. No, it just right. requires lots of work and lots of dedication and lots of uh, training. And uh, Draymond, it, it, what he said is applicable to everything in life. It really is. But we're a basketball show. We're talking about defense. And he nailed it. You, you, have, to, you have to have such a desire to not get blown by. Even when you're getting beat. Not blown by, beat. Mm-hmm. The blow-by comes because you stop. If you just yeah. fight to stay connected, at least he feels you as he's going by you. And if there's help coming, the, the offensive attacker is thinking about someone in front of him, and they think about you behind him. And now his brain is not totally focused on forwards. And that little bit extra distraction you provided by fighting to stay connected to your man going by you can lead to just more missed shots. That's one of many examples, but it's hard. It's hard to do that. And you, but hard is the only way to get paid. That's no, why you get paid. You I, do the hard. I, I, I love it because I'm thinking about it, right? The mental toll it takes on you to play and stay connected on defense. At some point, right? You're like, I don't want to fight over that screen, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to get hit again. Or, or like, just this, this, I mean, for everyone listening to this, when you don't, it won't be in the all-star game. Uh, except maybe late in the fourth quarter. But when you when the game's returned, and there's three games tonight, um, watch the guy in the paint tagging the roller with four seconds on the shot clock, and they kick it out to his guy behind three at 27 feet. And the effort that player makes to just race out there to just make him think about you even one half of 1%, mm-hmm. that effort, when it probably won't matter, you had to tag the roller or it's a dunk, tag means pinch inside and make sure he doesn't get the dunk. That is not what bad, bad teams don't, bad defensive don't make that great effort Mm -hmm. as often anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to do it over and over and over. And so when I'm watching games, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking at. Like, wow, that young dude is still flying or that veteran player is still flying late in the clock 
in a 10-point game, win or lose, um, that guy gets it. Like, there's no other way to do it. That is the way. And that is, you know, when you look at individual defenders who are pretty good, it's that willingness. And even though mentally they know this dude is continuing to score, they they don't stop. They just keep coming because they know one time it's going to matter. One time it's going to matter. And that could be the difference between great, missed shot, we get the ball, we go down, we score. Now we're up late in the game. And I think about that when I think about guys like Marcus Smart, Dylan Brooks, right? Some of these best that will always go on the other person's best score. And they always, I'm not going to stop this guy. Like, what? He's going he's gonna to score his points. I got to make it as hard on him as possible. And that want to, to sacrifice to do that, that it, it matters, right? And you see it. Yeah. Like, you're not going to stop Stephen Curry or Kevin Durant. It's just not, they're going to do what they do. But maybe they'll be a little less efficient. Maybe yep. they'll miss in a key moment. And that's because I was dogged for 48 minutes. For sure, for sure, that's the case. That that's this is the nature of this game, and um, the the people that want it to be easy, the players want it to be easy, will just will never make it. It's just it takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment, and uh, it takes leadership like Draymond. Mm-hmm. If he's saying this to us, he's probably saying it to his team. This is where well, he's at his best. Th- this is interesting because Draymond said he was asked, you know, do you think it's a championship hang- hangover? He's like, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's a championship hangover. It's a will to want to defend. You're not hung over at 560 games into the season. <laughs> you're a loser if you're still hung over at this point. It's no hangover. It's the will to defend, to stop and guard your man, to sink and help and trap the box and rotate. Defense is all one or two extra steps. I'm going to take that extra step to get there or not. That's all will. We don't have that as a team. You can have it as individuals. I can have that myself. Loon can have that. But if you don't collectively have that, and it was interesting because whose name didn't he mention? Well, there we go. Uh, we're, we're, we're both Sherlock Holmes here. And Steve Kerr. Well, Steve Kerr was very clear about who he was. Like Jordan, when he starts, really? he has to be better on the ball as our point of attack defender. He was very clear. Like it's funny. I talked. I talked to someone yesterday in the NBA, a player in the NBA, and said we were just talking with the NBA, and I said uh, that's the one guy that. Um, I could see trading in the offseason. Yeah, he's got great value. He scored a bunch of points this year. Um, if he's not going to buy in in year four, basically, um, after winning a ring on both ends, he's not, he's not Warriors material. This is how they might think. And you're going to get something really good for him. You know, it sucks to do that, especially when you develop him your, you know, the way they did. Um, and you and just paid him. Ob- and paid him. <laughs> right. So they'll, I don't know what the deal will be, but, but they'll, they'll move him. I just think if he's not willing to do that, they, I mean, they, they know better than anyone and they can get a team to take him and because he doesn't care about defense the same, then they will. That's what I think. Well, remember, Draymond a month ago or so came out and said, you know, part of this is me because of what happened with Jordan in the beginning right. of the season, right? So maybe in, if that – so let's imagine a high, an alternative universe where that never happened right. with Draymond right. and Jordan Poole. He can now hold Jordan's feet to the fire and be like, hey, man, just because you got paid this, that, and the third and do his normal thing. Well, now he feels like since I did that, I can't really do that to you now because you're not going to listen to me because right. of what happened, right? right? And so these are the sort of trickle-down effects of sometimes your action in these moments. It's all we, fascinating. We sh- right. We should also just take a moment to um, – uh, Draymond Green has had a love-hate relationship with Steve Kerr. I think we can – I think Dave acknowledged <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, as you age, you get closer <laughs> as opposed to the opposite. Yeah. And I think he has a better appreciation. I, I think Draymond, knowing himself, knows that, that not a lot of guys could have coached him. 
yeah. to, the way Steve did to have the success that they had. And let's face it, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. This guy was not yeah. a Hall of Fame talent. No. And it, what, I, what I mean by that is some guys have Hall of Fame talent, meaning wherever they go, they're going to make it. Right. This guy is an absolute Hall of Famer in my book. And I think he helped build the system, but the system helped elevate him too. And Coach Kerr built the system. Maybe the best defender of this generation. Right? Yeah. Like. I, well, I would say uh, Rudy Gobert is the best, but to your point, the best that isn't a seven foot four with a seven foot six wingspan freak. <laughs> right. Or seven, eight wingspan freak. Yeah. Draymond, Draymond deserves to be in the, it should be a defensive Hall of Fame. Ooh, we should look into that. that I, I like That'd that. That'd be pretty damn cool. Or just a wing at the Hall of Fame, defense only. Just the best Alvin Robertson from the Spurs. Oh, I like my, that. We're going to go, like we're going to do a, we're going to do a flashback later on in the show. Remember Alvin Robertson? Great yeah. defensive player from Arkansas. Sidney Moncrief. I don't know if he made the Hall of Fame or not. He might be in the Hall of Fame. He was great. Okay. I like he was it. Great this, defender we, too. we gotta we gotta do an episode on that, I think, this summer, but defensive yeah. hall of fame. Yeah, I want to tie cool. it back right. to Good. our to Good. our point about coaching, David. You, you said Steve, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I think the best coaches know this. And it's something that I did as a coach. And I'm sure when you coach teams, you did it as a coach. The emotional intelligence of a coach is important and knowing I can't coach each individual the same. Right. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm going to necessarily, although it actually does, but it's not in the way that it sounds. I do play favorites, but not in the way that it seems like I like him better than you, right? It is or her better better than than you. He's better than you on the court. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) It's just more that in order for us to be at our best, I need each of you to individually at your best, which means I have to give and pour into each of you differently. And I think that is an important part of coaching that often gets missed. Yeah, I agree with you. And I was telling someone, uh, again, on a phone call yesterday, um, I was telling a parent of a, of a young, very talented, very, very talented NBA player. Uh, we were talking about this and w- what she did as a mom in raising her son um, and, and the father and everything. Um, uh, and we talked about how I was a yeller. I was a yelling, screaming guy when I was younger and really did a lot less of that as I got older. I definitely yell, don't yell at pros anyway. But um I said, I, I always felt like I yelled as a coach and as a parent to make sure the player or my children valued what happened as much as I do. If they did on their own, I, I mean, if my son was upset, he swung at a bad ball in baseball, I didn't have to, what was I going to yell? He already was pissed off. <laughs> I just have to love him at that point and let's talk it through. What happened? What was your thinking on that? It's when they're, it's when he got picked off a of first pace because he was wasn't fucking paying attention <laughs> and he got kind of run down. Then I would raise my voice because he didn't care. Once he started caring, same thing. I'm back to being his best friend and being a big supporter. That's, I think, a big deal in coaching is you've got to find the guys that don't need to be yelled at because they feel all the pain. They're super aware. They're fucked up. They want to learn. They want to listen. And when they, just because they don't do that uh, instinctively when they're young doesn't mean they can't learn it. That's what coaching is supposed to do is I've got to get you to value these things. And then once you do now, if you value it and you still can't fix it, well, then we got to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the Warriors did with Wiseman. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. I'm sure, in their minds, I'm sure they felt like they were coaching him. Well, I don't know if it's true, but it wasn't working. The timeline doesn't work anymore. We need you to be a secondary rotation player for us at, at worst. He couldn't do it. They're moving on. But that's what coaches are supposed to do. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. It's uh, it's a lot of work, guys. As as you said, David, it's not just throwing the basketballs out there. Um, I wanted to touch on this quick before we go to a commercial break. 
so Pat Bev, we know, got traded uh, to the Orlando Magic and then uh, was bought out. I believe it already happened or it's in the process of happening. Yeah, he's getting bought out. Yeah. Um, and then he was asked about um, the Lakers issues. And, you know, Pat Bev has a pod on, on another network. And he said, it wasn't basketball. It was other shit. And I, when I saw that, I was like, David was right in a way, right? I mean, they definitely have some basketball issues more related to coaching as we've been to, as we've been talking about. And if you listen to this podcast, you know what David thinks about Darvin Ham. But you have been saying since the beginning of the season, when LeBron and AD were kind of separate and not connecting with the guys and they were in and they were out this kind of like wishy-washy thing that it's other things with this team, right? Beyond basketball, because you've liked the roster even before they made all these acquisitions. It's yeah, it's all the same thing. It's all connected um, or in their case, disconnected. And uh, that's on management and coaching, but it's also on the stars. And um, uh, I, Draymond Green has a, gra- a gravitas about him that has, has earned. Uh, so does LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Draymond's using his better than LeBron has all season. And um, now we'll see what happens. But the, 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 the Lakers had never had an excuse other than they had a couple moments where a lot of guys were out. AD was out. Lonnie Walker was out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Reeves, Austin Reeves was out. LeBron was out too for a little bit. LeBron had been out some. That, that's yeah. That's that's a little different. But most of the, most of the time they've been healthy enough to win a, a lot more games they've won. And uh, Pat Bev, he knows. Pat Bev knows the truth. <laughs> Pat Bev wasn't part of the problem. Right. Right. Yeah, he was uh, from from my reporting in a sense. Um, he's been a vociferous uh, a leader in the locker room. And it was just, wasn't it a year ago that he broke down crying when the yeah. Minnesota, mm-hmm. like this yeah. guy was a leader of a playoff team. Yeah. He's yeah. going to help some team. He came around this year and started shooting it better uh, from a dysfunctional team. Uh, he, he, somebody should pick him up. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, stay tuned. We'll be back after this short commercial break. All right, David, um, you have an article that just came out on troop.com. Make sure you guys get over there and check it out about your favorite team in the NBA right now, which is uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, a team that people who are familiar with this show know that um, I see quite often um, just right across the bridge from me here um, that I see regularly. Um, And, you know, they've been in the talks for us a lot because of the big trade um, and so much has gone on with them. And I wanted to sort of touch on both the Nets and the Suns uh, a little bit more, but kind of get into some nitty gritty. And I want to start with the Nets, David, as it relates to Mikael Bridges. Um, he had a great game last night in a win against Miami. Career-high 45 points, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, or five blocks and two steals, something like that. Um, <laughs> He's doing everything. Uh, 17 of 24 from the field, if I'm not mistaken. Whatever it was, uber-efficient. Um, and productive. And, of course, very yeah. productive. He, you know, had a role and a, and a, and a, and a, a reputation as a 3 and D guy, right, when he, when he was in, in Phoenix. And now with Brooklyn, and even before he got traded, when Booker was out and when Chris Paul was out, someone has to generate offense, they put the ball in his hands and they saw him doing a little bit of that in Phoenix. Now he's in, in Brooklyn and there is no Kevin Durant. There's no Kyrie Irving, right? Like someone's got to be the generator of points. And thus far, he's sort of taken that a little, a little bit and, and gone. And it made me think, okay, so much of what you become is about situation where you get drafted, who you're behind, all these different things. If Phoenix never gets Chris Paul, maybe Mikhail develops a little something different. But because they got Paul and Aiton and the timeline got accelerated and they were really good, 
all right, you can do these two things really well right now. Shoot threes and defend. That's all I want you to do. Well, okay, but maybe he can do other things. And he's showing now that he can. And that made me think, all right, what is his potential ceiling as a player? And this is something that you do. And so I ask you this question. Can he be, and this is a lot because this person's an all-NBA player, can he be a better shooting Pascal Siakam? Yeah, that's not the guy that I would have thought of. Um, but you really are phrasing uh, such a great uh, situation with, with Brooklyn and, and bringing up, a, I think, a very, very important large point, which is we so easily and quickly brand players uh, mistakenly. They, they are that player in that system with that roster and that coach. But that doesn't mean that's all they are. And that's what um, good coaching should do is bring more out of you. So first of all, maybe I'm an idiot. The article I wrote that I wrote yesterday, we just published it this morning, did a couple quick edits, uh, is about the Nets on offense. Meanwhile, in the last two weeks, they've had two different players have plus 40 four times. <laughs> maybe I should have focused on their offense. <laughs> and, and they were very unlikely 40, 40 baggers, you know? Yeah. In Bridges and, and Thomas, Cam mm-hmm. Thomas, the second-year player. So they're doing something right. But, yeah, it, you're, you're right to bring this up. Um, I, I think he could be uh, a little bit smaller version of Jason Tatum. I, I'm not predicting he's going to be there. So here's what I, here's what I see. So what makes Tatum so amazing? His shooting ability. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what started with it. And then he kept getting better with his handle. And then, you know, initially, uh, the way you defended Jason Tatum is you try to make him go to the rim more. Don't let him stop and pop in the second box. He'll murder you. He's got really tall, long, whatever, great elevation on his shot. And then his arms get way up high, you know. Um, can't really get to it. Uh, uh, but he just kept working and working and working on his handle. His skill game at the rim, his craft at the rim, his shooting stayed there. His his trick shot artistry at the highest level got to be really good. Bridges is a long way from that because he's not been allowed to do it. So that that to me, Bridges Bridges wingspan is maybe he might have the biggest plus as a non center in the league. What what is he listed at? Six seven. That's what I thought right now. And what is he seven three wingspan? Oh my god, the wingspan's insane. Seven seven one wingspan, uh, six foot six. Wow! So plus yeah. seven yeah. wingspan. Yeah. So that's why I say a little small version of Tatum. Tatum playing six eight, uh, but the wingspan's about the same. In fact, Bridges might be longer, mm-hmm. and and Bridges also shoots the ball way up here. Mm-hmm. So way that's up. a that it's hard to get to that. Mm-hmm. So if, if were he a client of mine, if I was running the next player development, he would be really focused on. Let's see what how Tatum gets his points. You did a lot last night, but but remember, it's the easiest forty bagger is the first one. All right, really, All right. it is. Yes, but as word gets out, the advanced scouts do their thing. The metrics start coming in, and the the uh, the the um, what is this? The tendencies and so forth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just harder to keep doing it. That's why the the game's best scores are so fascinating because they're seeing the teeth of defense every night. When I, when I first trained my when I my first ever high level scorer, um, I said, "Listen, when when they show when you're when you play, let's say what not you, let's say the Hawks, let's say you're playing for the Warriors and the Hawks are playing the Blazers, and the Hawks next game is against the uh, your team and it's your picture, 
Mm-hmm. You're going to be on the scouting report, bro. Like, that's a fact. <laughs> if they're using your picture, if you're the face of the franchise, you are the one getting all the reps in their scouting stuff. You have to keep performing. Yeah. You have to keep performing. So we'll see what Cam Thomas does. We'll see what Bridges does. This is where, this is why we kind of joking about what I wrote. I don't, I don't, it's not going to happen fast. To be Jason Tatum as Mikhail Bridges is very hard and almost impossible to do. You don't have to get to Jason Tatum. Get close. That'd be amazing, right? Be an all-star level player Mm -hmm. as a shot creating player. And don't let it affect your defense because his defense has not been the same since he's had to do more on offense. He doesn't have a choice, really. He doesn't have a choice. Um, And maybe there's a disconnect, too. Maybe this year... um, he didn't. He didn't love what he was seeing with with Monty, and mm. probably mm. felt like Durant is going to come here, or whatever. Because he mm. kind of alluded that, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would be the next phase: is 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 finding more ways to score against the best defender uh, that you're going to see every night, and maybe maybe even coming to you earlier, some doubles, changing up what they do on you. Uh, but I'm a fan. I'm a big yeah. fan. So we often discuss the leaps and how difficult they are to make in this league. So right now, Mikhail Bridges is clearly an above-average NBA starter, right? So that, first of all, to become an average NBA starter is a, a work, right? Okay, yeah. now I'm an above-average NBA starter. Oh, it's another level of work. But to get to that to a multi-time All-Star, that is a, that's a leap, right? That is, you're, Big you're, step. right. And then from that to a multi-time All-NBA, that's the five bet the, the top two percent of the league, right? Yeah. So you're the people that we know. We talk about Tatum, guys like that, right? If he, but do you think he can? I mean, because Tatum, that's probably not going to happen. Can he be a multi-time All Star? Oh, Which for is sure. a lot of work. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of work. But for sure, he could get there. How do you? How do you get there? Well, the Nets are a top four, top five team. That's a big step. Mm-hmm. You're one of the two best players on the team. Okay, mm-hmm. that's something that's doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're creating. A lot more free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Yep. These are all. That's why his skill game's got to get better. His craft game's got to get better. That handle. Um, yeah. How old is he? Twenty five. Yeah. 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 You're not. You're not done growing. Twenty five. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. You're he, not growing. You're not done growing. No. 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 It's. It's. And if if they get that in and look, because we'll get to to the Phoenix out of this in a minute. You know, everybody's sort of like, oh, well, look, you got you got Mikhail, you got Cam. I'm like. You do understand that that is Kevin Durant we're talking about. That is multi-time All-NBA, like one of the greatest players ever. You're never going to get like value in return. No. That's because it's no. just not a, it's not a possible thing. Right. But if you get a multi-time All-Star in return, that's about as well as you can do, right? Because you you generally don't get that when you exchange all-time Hall of Fame greats. for any, it's, it's rare that you get equal value. It's, it's impossible, actually. You never get equal value. For sure. Uh, I, yeah. The Nets, the Nets did a good job. Yeah, they, they they for for what they traded, they did good. They they've got the uh, remember when Masai traded Carmelo for a lot of guys. He never really got to experience all the trade was because he left. Mm-hmm. They were the I think they were the two seed, mm-hmm. um, and the next year, and then they and then he left. But um, uh, yeah, they've got they've got a foundation there, and we won't we're not going to spend more than eleven seconds on Ben Simmons. But I mentioned him in the article. Uh, yeah. he, he ironically, not, not really ironically, coincidentally, he's still such a pivotal piece for some, for some degree of time. Yeah. And then they might just say, okay, we're done with you. Here's your money. Yeah. We never want to see you again. It's very sad. Uh, Zach Lowe said, 
he has empathy for Ben Simmons. That's all sure. you can say. As I, a human, how could you not? Yeah. As a human being. Well, yeah, as a human, but plenty of humans don't. Well, I, I, sure. I it's, it's sad. But but um, in the end of the piece, we write that um, uh, Ben was really happy with a, a play he made late, one of his teammates made. You know, happiness is, is a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Finding joy again, like yeah. in a game that has given you so much, but also it's taken away so much from him, right? right. It's a it's a weird double-edged sword with basketball. I mean, that we, we could do a psychological Ben Simmons episode. That might be 17 hours, right? Like we could right. we could really dive into that. I wanted to flip to the Sun side because um you were concerned about their defense. Henry had tweeted out some things about it. He got some take, some responses from some Suns fans. And I actually kind of wanted to dig into this a little bit and sort of look at what's been going on. And you just mentioned Bridges has not been that great on defense this year. Uh, as in the regular passed, season. In the, in the regular season. Um, and it's true. The the, the numbers uh, bared out this year. Um, and I was looking at, you know, Cam Johnson, who also was part of that trade. Uh, he was, at the time with Phoenix, a plus 2.6 in defensive estimated plus minus. I remember Cam Johnson only played 20 games this season, right? So he was hurt for a, a good stretch. That's not, so, that's not a, yeah, that's not a great. Not a huge sample size, but I will note, since going from Phoenix to Brooklyn, that 2.6 has dropped to 2, right? So yeah. what does that mean? It's noisy. It's, it's only three games, yeah. small samples. Yeah. It's a lot of things happen there. I think on the Phoenix side, Durant was already in the midst of arguably his best or at worst, one of his better defensive seasons. If he comes back and continues to play that level of defense again, Phoenix will be okay in certain respects. Um, you're worried about Josh Okoji, as we uh, we talked about that. Um, he is a minus overall on offense. A, a, a good defender, minus overall. But I was looking at his, sh- his shooting, David. It's been an uptick since he started the season. In December, he shot 30% from three. January, 37% from three. February, 52% so far. Make with that what you will. I think one of the things that you say is, it's like with the Isaac Okoro situation in Cleveland. You can't be a zero where they don't guard you, right? It can't be Anthony Roberson's situation where it's four on five. Don't worry about that dude. He'll do nothing. If they have to at least think about you, it will be okay. So I don't know if it's going to be, you know, hell freezing over. Oh, my God, disaster. Phoenix is going to crater. It may, look, health is a big part of it. They have to be healthy. But it may not be dire straits in Phoenix. Well, I mean, they're super talented at their starting five, or four of the starting five anyway. Uh, they're still depending on Torrey Craig. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you want to take shots at me for saying the Suns' defense in the playoffs won't be as good as it would otherwise have been with Mikhail and, and Cam, and your evidence is Josh Akoji. No, no, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm not worried about you. Know, yeah. I, again, I, I'm not branding him. He just hasn't shown me that he can be a difference maker in a postseason game. He He's a bad offensive player. He's a good defensive player. Very good. Mm-hmm. Maybe even elite. Great. But how do you play him? <laughs> right. right. Four off, four off, the five off. Way, the only way to screw up Durant and Booker and Chris Paul is to make them play four and five. <clears throat> I can't stress it any more than that. Mm-hmm. You're way better off playing a better offensive player that's a sieve on defense mm-hmm. and trying to mask that. But you can't really account for that fifth guy hiding in the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they'll do is they'll guard a, Ko- a Koji right now with the center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go sit in front of the rim every 2.9 seconds, step out, come back in. Mm-hmm. We're not going to guard that guy, mm-hmm. right? And we'll mm-hmm. see if he can prove himself or not. Um, I think also we have to remember this when we're looking, and I realize that Cam and, and Mikhail play on the same team, 
but they played, they guarded different guys a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the strategies because I didn't focus on them like I will in the postseason. But Aiton has been meh on defense. He's been meh. Coming along lately, but for overall for the season, not great. Yeah, I meant like until those guys got mm-hmm. traded. So doesn't matter what you do. Right. I, I say this all the time. You can be a lockdown guy, but if you get screened, you have to go over the top of the screen, and now you're depending on your big. And if your big just gives them layups all the time or is afraid to come help because no one's going to crack back on his guy, well, then you're look, your defensive rating suffered too, and even though you executed well. But we would go better back behind you, and you could be yep. much better. So um, uh, to me, I think Bridges in the postseason would be elite again uh, uh, in, in a team like that with other good offensive players. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes this year. But I, I have some concerns about Phoenix having that that, that the, the overall defensive ability that, that that they'll need. I think to win it all, they they could. I'm just they're not my heavy favorites. So would you say, assuming health, you're pretty confident you know what you're going to get from Durant, Booker, and Chris Paul? Yep. Uh, Durant, Booker, yes. Chris Paul, a little bit less, just because old guys old, don't have it yes. every night. They okay. just don't have it every night. But the biggest person you're worried about is Aiton. That's that that's your issue. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what that yeah. dude's gonna do. Yeah, if Aiton, if Aiton's really strong, that that really changes things. Right now, I think I may have said this on our show Monday. I don't remember when I said this. It might have been yesterday on the phone to someone. If you, if I had to pick a team, I'd probably pick Denver out west. And I have major concerns about their bench. <laughs> um, they depend on Christian Braun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who hasn't Brown, done it in the playoffs Brown, yet? Mm-hmm. Who's a rookie? He's, yeah, I like him, but he's a rookie. They've got a couple of suspect guys that they're playing right now because Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray out. Meanwhile, they keep winning. Yeah. They beat Dallas pretty handily yesterday. Uh, they Porter beat Jr. coming on offensively. He is, start, he's starting to he play is. well. He is. And, and there are minutes now when Jokic is out. I think Thomas Bryant yesterday was a zero plus minus. And that was only after a big run just because they made some threes right when he came out. They have to, they have to handle the, the non-Jokic minutes. And if they do that, well, they're really, they're really damn good. Yeah, he's I mean, just ridiculous. Isn't that the Another case triple with, double, by the way. With, with so many guys, they, what can we do in the non whatever minutes? We just yeah. can't. We just can't lose in those minutes. We can't. We can't give up our lead in those minutes. It's so. It's true of so many teams that have those kinds of players, right? The Warriors. Yeah. What do we do in our non Steph Curry minutes, right? The the old Nets. What do we do in our non Kevin Durant minutes? It's like this is this is what you worry about, right? right. You have those kinds of guys. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to watch any of this? Was on the rundown, so if you didn't, it's fine. Did you watch any of the Memphis game yesterday? I put it on and then I flipped it off and said, screw it. I've watched enough basketball today. Okay. Because they, they were up huge, 23. And I then... saw that. Yeah, they were up big when I put it on. What had happened? with They went in a close game? They won again close because yeah. they just, David, this team, I just. <laughs> they're frustrating you? Yes. Like I, their offensive execution is non-existent we're in the court. And I just like, and they're. They played better last year as a young, immature team. It's like they got dumber this season. I don't know what happened. Well, uh, you know, Draymond said that there was no championship hangover. But um, young teams can have a long hangover of arrogance, of uh, infallibility. And I, I, you know, I, I'm sure Taylor Jenkins is doing everything he can to light a spark. And uh, so far, it's just not really, it's not worked so far. Yeah, yeah. Something I'm going to be keeping my eye on for yeah. sure. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple bigs um, right now as we head towards the all-star break. 
So we mentioned Nick Claxton, who we both think is not only in line for most improved player this year, he's definitely going to be in line for one of the all-defensive teams. If positions didn't matter, he likely would make first team. But since positions do matter, he won't. He'll probably be second team um, or third team. But Who's going to make... be first team center? Ah, uh, Bam, maybe. Isn't Rudy coming on? Rudy is coming on. I mean, if you... if. if so if you click, put Claxton as a center and Jaron as a power forward, which is at their position, then they oh, could Jared both. Too. Then yeah, they could Jared, make. Jared's that could be your first forward. team. That yeah, could Jared's be your first be, team. Right. It could yeah, be Claxton and and, right. and and Jaron. But Jack, Triple J is going to be uh, power forward. Yeah. So that that's yeah. what I think. But anyway, Jacques Vaughn um, was talking about Nick Claxton because the last few games he hasn't been doing his double double thing he's just been doing. You know, he's kind of playing less minutes and and not scoring as much. This is JV. He's tired, and he has been tired. You see tonight, four minutes into the game, Nick, Cla- Nick Claxton was tired. I said it before the game. It was already on my mind. I'm thinking about how I can get him through this game and get us a win. He's given us everything he's had. Played more minutes this year than the last two combined. So that's why he plays 20 minutes at the Garden. We're trying to figure out how we can get this dude to the end line to get some recovery over the All-Star break. I appreciate him. I told him that. This is new territory for him. We have to be conscious about how much we put on his plate because we've asked a lot from him. He'll recharge and we'll be back to a double-double machine after the break. And I thought it was so important that not only that JB said that to Nick personally, but also out publicly, like in a way to sort of, you know, because you know how fans are. They get crazy. They start, oh, my God, Claxton sucks. All the new guys are here. Who are we going to trade him for? It's like, dude, calm down. And again, not looking at context. And he's right. Like this is the most Nick Claxton has played combined in the first two years in the league combined because of injuries and what have you. And you know, David, like NBA basketball is hard on your body and he needs a break bad. <laughs> you can see it. You know how you say your love language are tall guys that can shoot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so he's speaking my love language. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, years ago, uh, one of one of uh, Panone's other students was a guy named David Manaya. David was a college player. I think at Liberty, very, very good player, good high school player. And Ryan coached him. And um, when he became a pro, I, I, I actually, he was still in college. I, I let him work out my NBA guys because he was one of Padone's kids. And David is just this beautiful guy, just so positive, you know, six, five guard, super talented. And he'd be training. He'd be, he was 20 years old. He'd be training in our gym. We have, we have a big gym and, um, you know, eight baskets, whatever. And he would see like Corey Brewer and he training on another basket, like work on his handle. Like, I see you, Corey. And there'd be Lou all dang. I see you, Lou all, whoever, whoever the guys <laughs> I had in the gym. And I'm thinking this college kid, like, and, and there was so much energy in the room because of it. And so that everyone started doing it. Like, I see you. I see you. Um, that's what Jock Vaughn's doing. Mm-hmm. He's like, Nick, he's telling him to his face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you. I really know what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk about feeling valued, right? That's my love language. When, yes. when men can express themselves, women do it easier typically. Um, when men can express those kinds of feelings, if, if, if we're first in the business to inspire and you want to inspire someone, uh, try doing that kind of stuff. It works as a dad too, I can promise you that. Um, let them know. I see what you're doing. I know how hard it is to do what you're doing. And, and then even better, he said, we have to like help him. Mm-hmm. We've got to, we've got to take some load off. We understand you're not gonna be able to do as much. You're exhausted. 
And then he also foreshadowed a future. Mm-hmm. He's going to be back to double-doubles mm-hmm. after the break. Like, mm-hmm. like Jacques Vaughn just hit a grand slam home run. <laughs> that is a David Thorpe world. coaching textbook oh right there. God. Perfect. Now, <laughs> now, just imagine how Nick Claxton feels. Feels wonderful like, right now. What is he getting paid right now? Two years, $20 million, I believe, was the deal he yeah, signed. Pretty good. Yeah. His next one's gonna be better. Oh, he's getting he's getting <laughs> yeah. Darren Allen money. Like, don't he, spend he, it. Don't spend yeah. it. Be just in case. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're trending really in a positive way. Yeah. And I wish, I wish every. I know that every NBA team subscribes to our newsletter and everything, and a lot of guys listen to our podcast. I wish all NBA coaches would have heard that little segment you read because if every one of them did it for all their players, not just their superstars. We'd have a better league for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, two years, seventeen million. So I was off by three. But yeah, yeah. In the, in yeah. But yeah, he'll be. Oh we yeah, that that Jared Allen payday is coming, uh, and well earned. By the way, uh, Joel Embiid last night after a great game between the Sixers and Cavaliers started as a blowout, like the Memphis game, and then the Cavs. I was like, oh, they're gonna come back and win this game. Billy almost dropped the rope and let them back in uh, after the game. This is Embiid about playing the All Star game. I'm not sure. I'm not healthy. I haven't been healthy for the past three weeks or months. I was just trying to get to the all-star break without missing games and stuff, but I feel like I've reached a point where I need to follow the doctor's advice. Back then, he said I should have been sitting for two weeks, so we'll see how the next few weeks go and go, and go from there. I thought, listen, if you Ooh, got man. Philly as, as one of your, and I know you do, they're on yeah. the championship bus and they're, we'll get to top five later, they go as he goes. If if he ain't right, who cares? This is <laughs> This is all over. So, you know, and this is someone with an injury history, right? We know this. And I think, Here's the challenge. This stuff plays on your mind, right? Because you heard what he said in the quotes. I just wanted to make it to the All-Star game without missing any break, without missing any games. Like, these guys think about this stuff. This idea that you think that players don't want to play and all that misnomer out there about bullshit. Can we just be clear? When people (laughs) say that, you know what they're really saying. Uh, Yes, I know. You you know how they really feel. (laughs) These are people we would never be friendly with. (laughs) Never. They're they're letting the color of someone's skin dictate how they feel about the person. We think we both know that. It is beyond absurd. Like (laughs) I watched Luka Doncic last night, who is not anywhere nearly as big as Joel. Although he kind of does look a little chunky to me, to be honest (laughs) with you. Um, Luka. I I don't know how he does it. He barely can move. He was... He hurt himself a couple of times. I even texted you guys or maybe even tweeted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like something's wrong with them. Yeah, he you said he's not still, right. Still killed it. Uh, what they put their bodies through and, and, the, and the tedium of the training table, mm-hmm. I, I would go stir crazy. I mean, I would have to have a book in my hands all the time um, because they, they have to sit there sometimes. And it sounds like luxurious, but not when you're in pain or not when you're doing something to prevent the pain, you know? It is. It takes a lot. And you're right on Joel. I, I would say this about the Sixers. I think they'll go. This is an important point. You'll understand. Oh, I, I think they'll say. go as Harden goes. Yes. But hold on. Gonna, but yep. Hold on. To your point, though, only because Embiid has to be a given or it yes, doesn't matter. Yes. He is the given. Yes. yes. Right. He, he, we, he's the all NBA player, MVP candidate. Done. Correct. Correct. Now, the games where Harden's feeling it, you, you're mm-hmm. going to be much better. The games he's not, you're in a lot of trouble. But it's only because, and if you if you flipped it, Harden can't do no. anymore. He can't no. be that guy. No. So he no. can be there four games in seven, or even three mm-hmm. games in seven. And you can maybe steal one without him. But he's got to have three good games in seven, which isn't so easy to do it, it with no. all of his mileage. Embiid's got to be the put in the book. He's the you know the best player on the court against everyone except for maybe Giannis or Jokic, really. 
Yeah, no, that that is for sure. And Harden, I think, actually, as you you were mentioning early, he's played better this year. And I think yeah. the, the, the hamstring, I think, is a lot better. That Look, those soft tissue injuries, guys, like growings, hamstrings, like they're tricky. And it takes you a while to come back and trust it fully. He's got a little bit of that burst back. Like, again, so if he's doing that, and again, Embiid is the constant in your math equation, he'll be fine. But if anything happens to that constant, trouble. Trouble's on the horizon. Um, some buyout stuff. Kevin Love is going to, we, we talked about this on Monday. I didn't think he was going to go with the buyout. I figured he'd stay because Cleveland's good, but looks like he is. He might go down to South Beach. I mean, look, if I was already in the twilight of my career, I might go to South Beach too. What the hell? <laughs> I, I was just in Miami, not South Beach. But of course, of course, the arena is not in South Beach. Yeah, it's in right. downtown Miami, but it's close. Close enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, if you have money, it's a great place to live. Oh, yeah. you, you, you need a couple of dollars. Um, that's my, where my family's from, originally my parents. And uh, yeah, it's it was beautiful weather. It's, it's a fun, beautiful place. Um, and he'll have to bring a lot of sunscreen because it's going to be hot there soon. <laughs> and he's a pale dude. He's used to cold weather, Minnesota, yeah. Cleveland, the last yeah, year yeah. of his whole career. But um, they just, you know, last year, they're the best shooting team in the league. This year, they're one of the worst. That's yeah. the story. Yeah, and he would help that. He's a good offensive player still. Yeah, no, and they can, he, he, they can, yep. they can defend around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they can. That defense isn't a problem; it's offense. So, yeah, I like that fit for them. Uh, do yeah. you? So, just quick on Miami. Even if they get love, I just it's just something's off, right? It's just not. They don't so have he, the thing. He, Kyle Lowry just isn't as good. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's really taking a step backwards. But um, I just don't believe. And just quitting on elite coaches. They find ways. Oh, of course. And, and, and I should also add Jimmy Butler. Oh, well. <laughs> There's just something about that dude. When he want, when he's in winning mode, because he yeah. has to save himself too, he's really an extraordinary player. There's no and, other way to say it. He's just an extraordinary player. And Bam has really ascended offensively. Like really improved. I'm a huge yep. fan of Bam. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I put them on our bus. Because it's Miami, it's Spolstra, and it's Jimmy Butler, yeah, and I'm not going to take him off the bus. I mean, they'll win a couple games in this series just because Coach Spolstra is going to outcoach right. somebody, right? So we'll find some, and, and Jimmy will outjimmy him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just I like that. Jimmy will outjimmy yeah. them. I like yeah. that. Uh, it is All Star Weekend starting. It officially starts Thursday. As soon as that last game happens, the last game I believe of the night is Clippers Suns uh, in Phoenix. Uh, it's also Kevin Durant introductory press conference day today, so lots happening in the Valley of the Sun. Um, David, you have a memory. From all-star game of yore. I, I mean, I, I remember year. this one too. <laughs> it was senior year for me in high school. <laughs> and uh, our season probably was just around ending at that point uh, with a very disappointing loss on the road to the, the only team probably better than us in the area uh, in the district championship. Anyway, um, yeah, so Marvin Gaye did his mm-hmm. uh, song. Now, he, had, he was a big deal for us because of sexual healing. I, I liked all that R&B stuff. But a lot of it I didn't like until I went to college and actually could have, I bought a couple because I had tapes, whatever, not much in high school with that. <laughs> but sexual healing was a big deal. Guys, what David basically said is he just made those fancy mixtapes with those slow jams on it because he knew, ah, this I, is the I, key. I didn't make them, but let's just say people, people made them for me. Some very sweet young women made some really good mixtapes for me, yeah. But I just couldn't afford to buy some cassette tapes. But sexual healing we all had. It was a bit, it was just, you can think of it, 15, 16 when it came uh, out, I of think. Of course, yeah. It was great. Um, so when he did that song, my memory is, I have, two, I have two thoughts. One was, it was, I mean, I watched, of course I watched the NBA All-Star Game, which wasn't anything like it is now. They played in the afternoon and 
Mm-hmm. Like you didn't, you didn't, there was no pre stuff. You, right. you know, you were happy it was just on live. Mm-hmm. It was only a couple years prior to that that weren't even on live. Four years earlier, the, three years in 1980, the, the NBA finals weren't yep. live um, with Bird, Bird uh, uh, Sixers and, and, and Magic. Um, and so I, I fucking love the NBA. I love the Lakers. <laughs> Hated pretty much every other player, but respected them. I was always them in the driveway. You know, I was Maurice yeah. Cheeks or whomever. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, it just was incredible. You knew you're hearing something super different. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to add on my birthday to honor my parents, they did not watch it, but I was completely unaware how white America, much of white America reacted. Cause that was not the reaction in my house. When Mike, <laughs> my brother, Mike and I were talking about this amazing, you know, my parents had, we had, we didn't have Marv, they didn't have Marvin Gaye uh, records. They yeah. liked the Beatles and Elvis, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, they it was whatever it was yeah, a cool way to sing the song. It just wasn't a story. Right. It was just another way to sing the song. And I only found out when I went to, uh, to school, or whatever, when people mm-hmm. talked about how how terrible it was or unpatriotic. And I'm like, what are you? That song sucks. <laughs> he made it good, you know. He made it great. So that's yeah. my that's my memory of it. Yeah. No, the that Marvin Gaye rendition of the of the All Star Game, uh, it, it was great. Uh, there have been several pieces written about it. Uh, I know David Aldridge, uh, NBA Media Hall of Famer, l- l- looking at some of the stuff he's written and said about it. It, it was it was a moment. The one, I, um, the one I read today was really good. Yeah, who yeah. who I put in the document. Who where what was it at? Was uh, it the Athletic? It might have been the Athletic, and if it is the Athletic, it's probably. Uh, David Aldridge. Yep. David Aldridge and Marcus Thompson the second. Yep. So fucking home run article, mm-hmm. guys, mm-hmm. on on that on Marvin Gaye and yep. that song. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. and just how important Marvin Gaye was and how his music was reflective of the times, right? Like yeah. if you're a music fan, dig into that Motown history and the sound of Motown at the time and how Marvin was moving away from that and being very reflective of what was going on in, you know, in the 70s late 60s 70s and early 80s this is a very tumultuous time in america as as most of you know but anyway great piece check that out all right we're gonna wrap it up with top five our last top five before the all-star break all right i I totally forgot to do my (laughs) top five i'm fucking idiot (laughs) i gotta think here so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go reverse order Okay. Because I can do it that way. So so five to one, you're going. No, I'm gonna go one to five. Oh, one I mean, to five. Norm, okay. Normally you go five to one, yes. right? Okay. So so right now I would I would put Boston at number one. Uh the, their depth is great. Derek White is such a good player. Uh they just absorb injuries well. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's facial injury, Marcus Smart's injury. Mm-hmm. They just they just find ways. Uh the coach has done a great job. And adding I mean, who was it? Uh was it Sam Hauser that I wrote mm-hmm. to you guys yesterday yeah. that possible three no tatum no brown no marcus smart and they went to overtime with the milwaukee bucks who played everybody who was healthy including middleton Giannis, and drew so yeah so i'm putting boston at one okay i like it celtics are my number one too okay uh number two i was wrong a month ago three weeks ago <laughs> i've got milwaukee at number two uh, they're that's right drew's playing great Giannis is Giannis. 11 straight yeah, eleven. Obviously, yeah. I mean, they, you could argue they be be they should be at one, but I'm going to give Boston some credit uh, what they've done with the injuries. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I've got Milwaukee at two. You Same. probably do too. Same. Yeah. So the number three is a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm I'm very impressed with Denver. Uh, uh. Uh. They're running away with the West in a sense. They are. Um. They've you know Jamal and Aaron Gordon being out beating Miami. 
uh, pretty pretty comfortably, and then uh, Dallas last night, mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty comfortably. I mean, the game was really never in doubt without those guys. I just, you know, I know Dallas didn't have Kyrie, but they were missing Gordon and Murray, mm-hmm. and uh, they execute their stuff. They know who they are. The coach knows who they are too. So I have Denver at three. Uh, I went with the team that you love so much, the Philadelphia the 76ers at three. Because to That's me, those point. are the three best teams in the league. I know Philly, uh, I always worry about the injury with, with concern with Embiid. But as of right now, to me, so I got Philly three. <clears throat> okay, you do. Then, then, then who's your four? Nuggets four. Yeah. So we, we just flipped it. Um, I mean, it's really, it's really yeah. a coin flip. Right. Um, five, five was tough. Tough. That's the one. You could eat. Listen, uh, let's make some arguments. You could easily say Cleveland or Memphis, right? Yeah, and I and I'm uh, not I'm not high on Memphis right now. I don't like how they're playing. Right, but yes, Memphis for sure. Cleveland, and for then sure. and then you could project Phoenix. Could project Phoenix, sure. Right. Is that is that the three teams you would those those are the, for those are the three teams? And if I had to choose, we're picking. I Cleveland. chose the Cavs because of yeah. their consistency on both ends of the floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end, of, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, I'm super impressed with how they're defending. Uh, uh, the what the execution of their offense, uh, but Phoenix, we're watching. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're you're coming around without Durant. Mm-hmm. He, he'll fit in just fine. I'm not worried right. about Durant. Right. Uh, although I think he's had the same knee injury three times this season. Uh, so it's so the last two seasons he's had sprained MCLs and they happened the exact same way. Someone went up for a rebound and fell into yeah, his last knee. two seasons. Right. The last two same exact injury. Yeah. Right. So I'm a little concerned about that, but yeah, I think we, so. We're seeing the game the same way right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's just listen. We're excited. Anyway, All Star Break is here. Nice little little uh, respite for us as well. More so for this player. These guys, they need it. They, yeah, they need it more than I do. They really, really do. Uh, so hopefully, they get some time when they're away. And the other great thing about it before we go is, is that since the games don't start up again till Thursday, and a lot of teams don't play till Friday, this is a chance. Let's say you you have off from Thursday to Monday, so you get like four days off. You can start practicing and really working on some fine tuning some things and getting yourself ready for the stretch run because we got 20-something-odd games left. And then it's, hey, playoff time. We got to go. So the teams that really come out of that well and use that as like a mini training camp to re- to restart the season, I think will really, really do them well, get healthy and all that. That's, that's great stuff to watch. All right, folks. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Take care.